Well, hello, Gundamaniacs. Welcome to episode 77 of the Gundam Explained podcast. Um, glad to be here. Glad you're here. Steven, glad you're here. How are you doing? Hey, howdy. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. doing well. You know, I, I, I've got my voice back. I can speak. I can project. And <laughs> oh, because you're kind of getting over that little thing that was going around, right? Yeah, I don't know what it was, you know, a little RSV, a little flu, whatever it was. A little but. COVID, a little COVID-2, a little of the new government <laughs> little, variety, whatever they cooked what, up. Whatever the, the latest bioweapon is on the on the streets, um, we're, we're over it. We yeah. beat it. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, good to see Jedi Sailors, Yannick Shadow, Brian Zanichelli, Lucas Garrett, Goose, Neo X, Mad Mad Dog, Wheaton, Matt Mad Dog Wheaton. That's a lot of uh, syllables. Uh, the Geonic Shadow. I did say that. Neon Wave. So awesome that you guys are here. Um, ready to get started. Um, it was a pretty cool week for me because a lot of pre-orders came in that I've been waiting for. In fact, this hat is actually a Gundam Explained hat, and I it's in the link in the description. There should be a merch store or the little things in YouTube where it has, like, the icons of merch stuff. Um, that's there. Um, but there's a couple other things. Like, I had pre-ordered the GMG Mega House Sela action figure three-pack with the 30 pilots. I had pre-ordered that back in January 2022, and it just, you know, I was just, yeah, it'll come in someday. And then I just see it on Amazon, and and see here's the thing: it's expensive. It was 180, so that's why sometimes it's like when I'm trying not to buy many things, it's like I got these pre-orders. That's although that one was already paid for, but anyway. So on Amazon, I happen to see it for a hundred, and I'm just like, I need to get this if it's only a hundred. And yeah. it was like, is it's like too good to be true? So then, like the first day it was supposed to deliver, like ah, it's gonna be late. Um. Uh, it will be the next day. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then the next day, it's like, ah, sorry, it's going to be the next. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. You're going to. I've played this game before. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, not my first rodeo. Available. And and so um, uh, it, the next day, it, it says arriving by noon. I'm like, whoa. And so, yeah, it came in and it's super awesome. So I'll do a more in-depth review of it. But uh, just I love these fully articulated action figures like um you know, I, I had some pictures on Instagram with, like, Star Wars stuff, but here you can see, like, you know, Sailor and a Stormtrooper. Um, yeah. Even with the size, she could say, aren't you a little short for Stormtrooper? <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it came with not only pilots, but a core fighter cockpit, which is sick. And it even has a, an attachment to have the little viewfinder go in front. Um, oh, that's amazing. I mean, it's my type of thing. It speaks to my toy excitement, action figure um, stuff. But I mean, also, you kind of wonder what it's like to work for a, a company like that. And it's like, okay, what accessories are we going to throw in this kit? Because, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, are you going to throw in like a rifle, maybe like a helmet? You know, what What are the little pieces that are going to make it more complete? Who's the guy sitting at the end of the table that said, let's put a cockpit in there? I know. I know. It's awesome. But in, that's what's interesting about these figures. You can buy them individually, but you have to buy them in a set to get all the different pieces that go together. But I don't understand that because if they're individual, but you have to buy them as a set, does that mean they make completely different packaging? I, I don't know. But anyway, the yeah. the for the – what was it? Um, the three-pack of the Federation soldiers, the three-pack of the 
Xeon soldiers in the three-pack of Char and the Xeon pilots, they all had their own special thing. And then there's the motorcycle, Rambaral and Haman, or Haman. There's a bunch of those Haman. words. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> they come with a table and chair. The thing is, it's $50 more to get a table and chair, and I've been debating. I don't know if I want to do that, but... Um, <sighs> And I mean, so it's worth it thing, just to recreate that scene where he's like... See, that's the thing. that I think I feel like having the table and chair fits with that scene, but also in origin. If you kind of wanted to recreate more of that, that nightclub scene or what, or, you know, that kind of thing. But That's right. Um, another cool thing was, and I'll be doing a review on this, um, Saleta Mercury uh, Gumpla. <laughs> Is that really a Gumpla? A Peepapla? <laughs> I don't know what you call Peepapla, that, but... Yeah. I had so much fun. Just I've just built this part so far. Um, it, it, there's something cool about these because they're simple. They're they're simple, and they kind. It was kind of like what I was talking about previously, where like sometimes a gumpla can be fun just based on how the parts are engineered to be put together. Like an SD kit, for instance, is sometimes just it's a simple yeah. little thing. And I think it goes the same with these uh, people. So I did order uh, Murine. So, um, so now that said, are you doing the thing that you do with, uh, SD kits sometimes where you're going, no, no instruction manual and just trying to piece it together yeah. based on the, yeah. And that's what, and that's part of, yeah. What I, I mean with this, it's, it's simple enough to where you can kind of, oh, I just need these pieces. Okay. And then I put it together and it's, it's a little more fun that I way. know what a head looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the only part I did have a problem with was the hair. The hair is like, uh, probably like seven pieces. No joke. What? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, there's some seam uh, lines. Hairstyle. But I'll I'll do a review on that. Show some of the building process and with the Murine. Um I just never thought I, I when I was starting this channel, I was like, I love UC. Yeah, maybe I'll touch on the AU here or there. <laughs> but then, which for Mercury is so cool. The characters are cool. Um, it's been pulling me in. I, and now I, you're building your own waifus. This is yeah, exactly. There's uh, there's a little uh. Uh, interesting point to that. What was the other thing I was gonna? Oh yeah, the so I got the the entry grade new Gundam, and after your stream yesterday, which guys check the links in the description for Steven's uh, page, uh, his channel. And yesterday you were going over the scribing, and that just totally opened up a whole world for me. I mean, I know I've heard of it and seen it, but after that, I know exactly what I'm going to do with the new Gundam. Yeah, and hopefully it's more accessible. Like you I, know, I think so. Taking some of that mystique away from it, where you know, even even a smooth brain like myself can trace. <laughs> no, that's exactly what it was. After watching you kind of go through it and kind of just seeing all the different elements, it made me really think. You know what? Yeah, I, I should just tackle this. So, I think the idea is with the the integrated new Gundam, I'm going to take the origin Gundam and sort of copy the seam lines and the little bits to kind of give it maybe an origin new Gundam look. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll that's see. A, that's a neat, that's a neat concept, honestly, because, you know, obviously origin doesn't, it doesn't even cover, you know, Zeta, let alone. Right. Oh, you know, an origin Zeta. That, origin that would, Zeta. Oof, that I bet would, that would be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, I'll just look at the chat uh, real quick. Okay. So neon wave is saying it's considered a Gumpla. So it's not a people plus. Yeah. But I like people plus. I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, and Robert was talking about his work news. So, yeah, congrats on that. Um, 
Hey, Andreas is saying just make your own mini table and chair for Ramba. You know what? That's true. I could easily make that. I could easily just call up Steven and be like, hey, Steven, you're going to 3D print me. No. I mean, good. <laughs> a little, but... little 1/12 scale uh, table and chairs. Yeah, no problem. 118. Honestly, oh, it's it's 18th scale. Yeah. Interesting. So that's actually harder to work with because yeah. I know that a lot of like props, for instance, um, you know, during the mundane gunpla challenge that I did, um, one to one forty fourth scale mobile suits actually scale perfectly to a one twelfth scale person. So one twelfth oh, yeah. scale furniture is perfect for like <laughs> yeah. a Gundam to sit in, which that's is pretty right. cool. Yeah, but yeah, one eighteenth that's tough to come come up with props for. Yeah, exactly. Because like with you know, I'm into the Star Wars stuff at that scale, and a lot of it is I have to make it on my own, or hopefully they come up with stuff. Um, what is cool is, so I think it's Joy Toy, that manufacturer, they make a lot of cool 118th scale things. I think they're even doing Warhammer right now, 40k at that scale. But they even sell bases, like, that have, they're like modular walls with random ladders. They look like hangers, but it's for those scales. And I think I'm going to get some for these, because I have so many of these Gundam <laughs> soldiers and figures now. <laughs> um, yeah, th th it's fun uh, accessorizing. I tell you <laughs> When it comes to hobbies, when it comes to what men and women, they, they create these artificial bubbles of what they're into. It's all the same. Like when the other day, my wife is talking about stuff she's doing for her nails, like explaining the matte finish, the gloss. And I'm like, wait a minute. I have to question myself about this every day and the type of filing that's being used. Yeah. It's like the same it, thing. It's interesting the crossover, the type of tools you use. I was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I find myself stealing my wife's nail polish remover to use for paint thinner. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's very cool. That is cool. Um, but also, um, video went up this week of me playing G-Savior on PS2. Um, you know, I don't know how excited people are to play that, but, I, you know, I like the G-Savior film for some reason. I, it has this charm to it. I, I do like the acting in it. Um, yeah. and I, I, you know, I like the design of the suit too. And I kind of like the mystique of the fact we see the suits very limited in a way, but you know, they're designed by the Gundam team. It's not like that was Canadians, nothing wrong with Canadians, but it's not like Canadians <laughs> designed the Gundams. Um, but the game just seems to just kind of ground it in more of that Gundam-ness because it's not live action. It's a video game. So you kind of feel it there yeah. and they have the... The modifications to the G Savior unit, um, the music. I, even today, when I was working, I had that OST on YouTube just playing through. As I, it's just great music. Um, um, so I'm curious if anyone would play it or anything. Um, it's just. I mean, after watching you, I I kind of want to play it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's not bad, but it's not good. Um. I, I don't know if I kind of, over time, you know, I, I brought this up getting in, into Gundam in the first place. Like, I'm just more open to things in general. Yeah, building a anime girl uh, model kit, like, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see. Uh, the G-Savior game is really good. The movie, not so much. Huh? I don't know. I like the movie. But I could be I mean, the, the, the one thing you got to hand to the movie is, like you said, you know, the actors give it their all. There's yeah. nobody phoning in a performance on it. And it, that's something you don't see nowadays. Like nowadays people yeah. will phone in a performance for like a Marvel movie. And yeah. you're like, because they, Aren't know you they have the name to be doing this. Like, 
like lean into it. Yeah. And now, you know, the main actor, he's a Hallmark actor. And that's the one thing about those actors is they pull those performances that really get to people. And that's what, yeah. you know, uh, it's not for everyone, but they they do good acting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jedi Sailor saying the early English dubs were done by Canadian company. So, yeah, I guess Japan had a relationship. Mm-hmm. With some Canadian company. Well, and Andreas uh, brought it up there as well. G. Savior's heroine was the voice actor for Lady Un yeah. of uh, Gundam Wing. So I know, and she does a good job, even though the sudden romance between her and Mark, you know, is sudden. Like, o- upon multiple <laughs> viewings, which I admit it's been multiple, um, it works because you kind of see, you can kind of tell Mark wasn't really into his girlfriend. She was even asking him to move in. Like, and I missed that at first she was asking him to move in with her so obviously their relationship wasn't that that tight if you know i think so well but that makes it like a perfect gundam protagonist doesn't it like camille amaro both of them are very eh, loose we're we're not into the girlfriends that we have we want we want our manic pixie dream girl that (laughs) yeah hey good job with uh justifying g savior even further uh, thank you. Look, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> it's it's a diamond in the rough. Yeah. Um, Neon Wave, watch it. I'm a Canuck. You won't like what uh, we're screaming behind the borders of the Great White North. Don't want to upset the moose. <laughs> no, you guys are nice. Um, and then, yeah. um, oh, um, Zionic Satter saying, I like the G3 because it reminds me of the Gundam Eclipse from the manga. So what's the Eclipse from? Is that a seed thing? Yes, that is, right? It's the real crazy one that kind of has more things jutting out. I believe so. I think yeah. even Ian got that Master Grade recently. Oh, man. Um, and then Goose is saying you need uh, you need to play MS Saga. H- have you played that before? I, I, I'm I not big on uh, JRPGs. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's like playing a Final Fantasy game, but with some Gundam skins in it. It's yeah, a little weird. That's what I saw when I watched uh, a video of it, but I think I've just got to try it. I, I'm like, when I saw the the battle scene and it had like these mobile suits that I recognized, I was like, oh, that's cool. And so, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard. I'm just, that's why I'm thankful for emulation. I mean, I have no problem buying this stuff, but it's, I had a PS2, I sold it. I could buy it again, but... I mean, it's not like if I go buy a copy of MS Saga, I'm giving the company money, you know. Right, yeah, I mean, you're, and I mean, I'm sure that the uh, secondhand prices on that are astronomical for no reason. Mm. Well, maybe because it's just obscure. Yeah, exactly. Um, That reminds me, um, I don't know if anyone follows Red Letter Media, do you? They had that... uh, From time to time. Okay, they had that auction for the Nuki VHS. I don't know if you heard about this. So Nuki's just some <laughs> random movie they've never watched. They just, everyone sends them a VHS copy of this low-budget indie movie. And they were trying to make a point because I guess a a mint copy of Back to the Future on VHS went for like 75000 or something. But they were okay. able to get Nuki to surpass it. They were just trying to prove a point how like the value... It, is not real. It's just whatever it means in context to everything yeah. else. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, I always tell people like, you know, art is worth whatever people are willing to pay for it, right? Like, you know, somebody bought a 
severed doll head that Miley Cyrus painted on for like half a million dollars. Wow. I wouldn't okay. have paid that, but somebody <laughs> did. So I guess that's what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that is, that is true. Oh, yeah. And then someone, what was I reading this? Someone was making a point. It might have been an Instagram post, one of those things where it's like a bottle of water or, yeah, a bottle of water at the stores, whatever. A bottle of water at a game is five dollars. On the airplane, it's eight dollars. So it's not. Yeah. It's not like context is everything. Yeah, like it's not the water; it's the place you're in. Yeah, I think they're trying to make an analogy of your value. It's like at work. Yeah, probably a LinkedIn post. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Some somebody was uh trying to make a point about the hustle, yeah. the hustle and grind. Yep. Um. Oh, Londo Bell's Alfred. Good to see you. Uh, anyone interested in MSs or MAs from Advance of Zeta? Yeah, of course. You've come to the right place. I do have a few yes. videos about some of them. In fact, um, I'm going to do something here. Real oh, I did not mean to do that. I meant to Ooh. be flyover. Yeah, actually, let me. That, that was pretty, pretty sweet looking. looking anyway. This was the real one I wanted. That's to also pretty sweet looking. Yeah. Look at this, dude. I know. These right? transitions. These, these are. are no, this but is why he's a professional streamer, streamer folks. <laughs> now that we got all those technical difficulties out of the way. Um, oh, but you know what? No, no. I uh, did that thing where you come in as a robot oh. when I changed this, the screen, you know? But here. Ah, oh, man. Just as I f I'm like <laughs> saying, no more technical difficulties. Right. Um, I'm, I'm over, over here, here Morbin time. <laughs> yeah, Morbin time. I guess speaking of Morbin time, I guess um, there's another, like, Craven the Hunter, like, Sony film coming out that's supposed to be along the same lines as, like, the it's Venom weird because the Venom movie was popular for some reason. And then um, the, the Morbius movie it didn't do too well, but I think it kind of was popular in the zeitgeist, I guess, for me. Yeah. Little meme magic goes a long way. The fact that they put it into theaters twice because they thought that it was that <laughs> popular—that's worth doing that sometimes. Like, I think sometimes things get cut too early. Like Netflix shows that I guess there's some shows lately they've been canceling because, like, well, if it's not the biggest thing ever, we might as well not, you know. Right. But yeah, speaking of Advance of Zeta, yeah, the the Hazenthley. Uh, came out, which I don't even have the other Hazel units, although I do have some Advance of Zeta units. I do have a Hi-Zack, uh, Advance of Zeta Hi-Zack. But what's cool is the suit that came out was a kit I just built recently. Um, yeah. I think a video from last year I have up of the review. This is one I actually spent my time with. I could do better, but where I added reds where there weren't reds, yellows where there weren't yellows, matte uh, coat. Um. So it's that's how they that's how they get you in because I was like, hmm, is this the one where I'm gonna spend a lot of money on the coins in order to to get it? But nah, can't can't justify it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they never give the poor dandelion any love, which is such a shame because the dandelion is such a sweet mobile armor. Um, uh, speaking of pre-orders, I've had a pre-order for a Marisai, uh on Big Bad Toy Store for probably like two years. Um, I, ironically, you know, I just like got on eBay and there's, I got, my, oh. got a Marisai, but <laughs> Are you wanting an additional one. 
Well, you know, I was I was, I only wanted the one because I was going to turn it into the dandelion, but then I built it and I was like, well, this is pretty sweet looking, so I kind of want a second one to convert into the dandelion so that I don't have to ruin my my good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea because I remember we were even talking about using the gun on that for your custom. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, having the extra pieces would be good. Oh, Ian exactly. just joined. Um, hey, cheers, no, buddy. Haven't, haven't done the Voltron talk yet, but now that you're no. here. No. Um, let's see. Okay, and then Londo Bills Alfred, if you're a fan of Bruce Wayne, then you may want to give try to Big O. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear you guys talk about Big O. Um, Big and maybe great. we'll talk more about that here in a second, too. Um, okay. Um, next. Okay, so the Voltron thing. Um, I, oh, well, I was actually just sharing my screen. Might as well go back. Uh, <laughs> so I admit I have never never watched Voltron. And it's just, it came up in a, in a comment, um, Amuro Ray uh, in New Gundam versus Voltron, who wins? Okay? And so, Babylon's saying That's Amuro Ray... debate. <laughs> yeah, I know. 15 comments. I was really surprised. It, 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 Amuro Ray, hands down, Voltron needs five people, five robots to get its full potential. Amuro can take care of things by himself, within, without fin funnels, and in non-Gundam mobile suits. Rick DJ. Oh, that's... A good point. I, I remember in Zeta, like, I only like the suit because Amaro mains it. But it's not like I think that's an incredible suit. It, yeah, I mean, it's basically Gelgoog-ish. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it's almost too Zeon-like for him to be in it. But um, I like that they did that, though, because it does show that he's just kind of a badass anyway. Um, Arcs 3516, Super Robots. Can't be compared to real uh, robots like Gundam. The power disparity is too great. However, Amro did pilot Mazinger Z in Super Robot Wars DD, so I think that if we go a step further and give uh, Mazing... Wasn't it? Mazing Kaiser <laughs> to Amro, he shouldn't have any problems in dealing with uh, Golian Voltron. And if we want to go even further, we could put Amro, Camille, and uh, Benajer in the, the Shin Getter. It would be interesting to see how the new type powers would interact with Getter Rays. Okay. Do you know what Golian is? Is that a Voltron well, thing? It's like the Golion, because yeah, the five lions that make up Voltron, the Golion Voltron. Um, I although I, I am going to push back on something here, because okay. this is one of those things that I think is a contentious topic in, the, in Gundam circles, is, is Gundam a super robot anime? You know, what do you think about that, Adam? I I would say no, only because I think what it did though is it was more of like I, I, the the RX seventy eight two. In see, here is the thing: I don't know too much about Super Robot, but from a kid, yeah. I I wasn't too into Transformers. I wasn't into Voltron, and I think Fair. the thing I like about robots or mechs is when they're not sentient. You know, when they're like. Yes. Or they're not like the the being itself. Like as cool as the RX seventy eight two is, the focus was on Amaro, and it never really made the RX seventy eight two feel like something. Except the didn't they call it the White Devil or something? The the Zeon pilots that were scared yeah. of it or something. There was a, there was a little bit of mythology behind it for sure. Yeah, and so I'm going to finish these, but this also goes into another point of something that is in this wheelhouse. So. Gunbuster. I suggest everyone look up this anime and watch it. It's actually free. 
It's on the Internet Archive. I think I even put a link in the Discord under the anime shows and movies uh, off-topic thing. So Gunbuster is straight up like... Uh, it's like Gundam in a way in terms of like how the characters are, the world, the setting. But it's also a lot like Witch for Mercury because... It, it, the main cast is it's mainly female uh, protagonists, and then there's a little bit of rivalry. They're out of school. They have to battle each other in mobile suits, and then, um, you know, there's the one sassy, mean one, um, and then you know, they. Oh, and there's also the parental aspect where there's you know something that happened in the main protagonist girl's past with her parents, father specifically. That's kind of has her in this situation. Yeah. And then she happens to be powerful enough to be piloting the the main robot. It's just that, like Witch for Mercury. And that is out, an anime. Yeah. <laughs> no, or like, just has an anime. all the trademarks of being an anime. And so that's cool. Like it just it helped me connect to it more like as if there was for me as, you know, getting more into anime now, sort of an outsider but kind of like seeing these themes but enjoying them because it kind of does help set up story. Um, the other thing Gunbuster does really well is it's very sci-fi in terms of, like, as they're traveling the galaxy, there's that time, uh, I forget what that exact exact word is, but they'll travel back and, like, 10 years have passed on Earth when it's just been an hour for them or something like that. And that, that plays into the story heavily. Is that, um, like, displacement? Is that the word for it? Yeah, something like that. Some time displacement. Like, I know there's yeah. um, time dilation, but I don't know if that is go. more about... That's... Oh, yeah, just say the same time. Di... So maybe it is time dilation. Yeah, dilation. I think that with GPS, but I guess that's kind of the same thing with you know the satellites, how they have to correct. Yeah. But So to get to the super robot part, everything about Gunbuster is awesome, except the main mech design, which is really isn't in it a lot. It's near the end. Just looks like a super robot mech. And so that I just yeah. don't like. It, it, I wouldn't even buy a model kit of it or a figure. It's like the head looks cool, but the rest of it, it has kind of that super robot where the, the they're like round arms and legs that are kind of long. Yeah. The yeah. joints are kind of, it, it's not articulated the same way that you would expect a robot robot yeah. to be. It's almost, it looks more like a suit, like something you'd expect in like a cheap kaiju outfit. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a, exactly. And, and so... That is the only downside, but it's just not enough for me to to like hate on the show because the show is just it's great. It's a six episode OVA. There's a movie version, and it's like seventeen on Blu-ray on Amazon. And there's also a second series. I just haven't watched it yet, but that's even in that. Like um, the thing is, sometimes when we're comparing, oh, what can Amaro do versus a Super Robot in this Gunbuster yeah. show? They fight aliens, right? And what's neat about these aliens is that's what's really another good thing they do about the show is there's never like an active bad guy antagonist, right? It's more of the world they're in that's working against the characters, but you never like meet a bad guy and he doesn't have a name. It's but, like PVE. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, And so they're fighting these giant aliens. It's like giant capital ships that are just aliens. And... She just shoots. I mean, like I can't imagine Amaro fighting that. And in Gundam in general, the closest we got to that is the Double uh, O movie, um, right? And so maybe Setsuna with his giant uh, sword thing or whatever. So <laughs> wow, that really makes me think Setsuna in his 
last mobile suit is pretty much up there. No, I mean, I would argue that Gundam, almost every Gundam series is technically a super robot. Um, I don't know if people are defining super robot as something that's sentient. Um, okay. You know, Voltron isn't sentient. You know, it's got the five pilots, each of the five lion pilots. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, when you see something like the Zeta Gundam turning pink and like, you know, deflecting beam shots just because Camille's angry and then he flies into um, the O with like somehow he's able to paralyze the O with just his mind you know okay well, I think we're getting into super robot territory oh, I see what um, you're saying it goes back into that uh, like superhero yeah and, and you might you might argue yeah. like okay well 0083 0088 MS team those are less super robot those are a little more grounded yeah. but when you're talking about things that are 100% not super robot it's like votoms right um mm, yeah but yeah i would True. say that gundam is i mean the new gundam is for sure a super robot right i mean ah, all of yeah. a sudden he's able to channel these magical space wizard uh psycho frames and push an asteroid away from earth against all odds you know i think that the new gundam is hands down a super robot um, okay yeah that makes sense yeah i i didn't think of it that way just because they're it's like i try to like things that are more grounded and i've been given the excuses for the new type abilities that happen with the mobile suits but really that is more of just a another way to portray that super robot sort of thing yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And, and, you know, I think uh, chat's pointing it out perfectly is like it's it's more realistic than something like, you know, Ideon or, you know, some of these other yeah. or Mazinger. These well, let me super... ask you with with Voltron, though, isn't that like and again, I don't have a lot of experience with Super Robot, but I do have experience with like Power Rangers. To me, that seems like Super Sentai because it's a group of people and then they combine. Is that maybe the line maybe between Super Sentai and Super Robot? maybe maybe i think so well i mean voltron and super sentai uh, voltron i would argue is basically just a anime version of super sentai then oh you know it's you, you've got sort of the same thing it's just instead of having any of the fights on the ground the way that the power rangers would they're just straight up in the zords <laughs> the lion zords if you will yeah okay so that that's pretty interesting because then it seems like for if we we're going to say amuro versus super robot makes sense because we're not saying gundam or a mobile suit versus Super Robot, because the idea with, uh, with Amuro is he has the new type abilities that can kind of, yeah, I think that all makes sense. So, but is there, do you happen to know of or anyone in chat, and I don't want to miss it, know of a Super Robot that would totally decimate any Super Gundam, like a new type, cyber new type driven Gundam? Um. Because even if you think of like the stuff that shows up, uh, what was the one unicorn? I sometimes I can't pull up names. The sh it was like shampoo, but it wasn't shampoo. Shamblo, <laughs> shamblo. Oh yes, yes, the shamblo. That's like a pretty epic type of thing to fight a super robot. Um, but would it win? I mean, that's that's a tough call. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that some of those more grounded mobile suits and mobile armors would get just absolutely hosed by by voltron or some of these super super robots um you know yeah. like a gundam ground type definitely is going to get yeah. trashed but um no that's that's good but yeah whenever you get into anything psycho frames and anything new type that's when that's when the, the real magic happens
Yeah, no, that's, you know, I like that. I, I didn't really think about it this way. And so uh, the mechanic, which is a, a, a regular, he's been on a, a, a video a long time ago. Uh, Voltron, uh, it was originally a single godlike entity that got broken into five by a goddess due to his hubris. Uh, while it might take five people to pilot him, his power is just about on par as before he was broken up. Amra might be able to predict the movement of other humans with his new types, BS, but if we're talking about Voltron and not the pilots, then he can't. We're also talking about magic versus pseudoscience fight, where the magical being has always been able to win because of magic. But, I like the thing that said, isn't it, where like any advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic? That, that's yeah, how I, I see it. That's it, it's one of those laws, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I it's like what the, what yeah, the name of it. It's not. It's not Godwin. It's not Hanlon. But not, one of those. It's not Newton. It's not uh, Abraham Lincoln. It's yeah, someone. But um, I. But that's um, what's interesting because really, then I feel like the, the magic what or whatever is the same thing as the new type thing. Like I really think so. That's kind of the. The yeah. mythology or whatever in that, yeah. Well, and that's the that's the big difference between sci-fi and a space opera, right? It's like sci-fi has hard, oh, yeah. fast rules. It's really grounded in science. You know, you can't, you know, like, you would never expect somebody to get off of a spaceship on an alien planet and not be wearing like a pressurized suit. Whereas something like I don't know Star Wars, which is a space opera, yeah, they don't care. You know, like it's, well, after watching Gunbuster. Uh, yeah, I was I was I was thinking then how off Star Wars is because they travel to all these planets all the time and there's never this time disparity that occurs. Yeah. And that just blew my mind. It's like Gunbuster did an excellent job with that and it's almost like I want to see that more in in my sci-fi. And it's funny because yeah, there's aliens that they're fighting with super powerful robots, but the the laws of the characters are in are very hard sci-fi. Um Yeah. I guess it's cool because stories then, yeah, are interesting when they can take elements like that and mix it up. Some things are serious. Some things are, you know, crazy, super. Um, okay, so Lucas Garrett. Uh, you know what? Let me uh, put on my uh, old type glasses here. <laughs> Amro and a new Gundam with fin funnels would dispatch the lions before they had an opportunity to combine and transform. However, that's if he's in their proximity during formation and transformation. If they are already combined and transformed, then Amuro is going to have a hell of a time battling Voltron in its final form. And I hate to say it, but Super Robot always surpasses Real Robot in the end. There are things on mystical level that Voltron does that New Gundam uh, could only dream of doing. So, between you, Lucas Garrett, uh, others in the chat, um, yeah, you guys. Oh, excellent. There we go. Now excellent. we match. No, I think. Um, yeah, you guys. You guys know your stuff. That's that's very interesting. I think that then helps me get into watching more of this stuff. I honestly don't remember that from from the old uh, cartoon that Voltron was a, its own entity that was broken up into fit fives. That's maybe I didn't. Uh, that's that's kind of cool. Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough as a kid. Yeah, you just wanted to see the robot fight. I get it. Yeah, more lions, please. <laughs> um, Adrian Hunter, Voltron's whole premise is based on space magic and extreme OP power levels, so Voltron would win hands down. Uh, Juan Roman, the Paladins of Voltron, and that's straight facts. Androyus, as a fan of Mecha, pitting Super Robot against Real Robot is as ridiculous as pitting a lion against a house cat. Each serve their own purpose and not made to fight each other. And I'm saying that as an avid Gundam fan. 
Voltron will F new Gundam up. I mean, Voltron survived a country-destroying blast in Black Hole, and it can summon weapons from the ether. Nothing that new Gundam can throw will destroy Voltron, but that's the idea. Tomino made Gundam as a robot. Precisely because he didn't want Gundam to have insane cosmic powers. Even two Gundam Unicorn units could only barely deflect a colony laser, at least not until Phoenix and Double O Quant appeared. Yeah. Um, Quanti. Quanti, um, is that is that yeah. some of these names? To, uh, to, to quote the late, great Amaro Ray, you're underestimating the power of New Gundam. <laughs> yes, nice. <laughs> um, uh, so, but that's cool, though. Like, I, I like how you guys are all pretty much in the know of of this in in agreement um i mean this is good this is this is what you know being a fan of these things is is yeah. like you know it it's hulk versus superman right like oh man who's going <laughs> to like yeah and because the question like because i didn't know like i wonder if i already knew i'd be like well that's obvious and then i wouldn't make it a question but it's fun to dive into things even if it seems obvious on the surface yeah um, i agree because you're always going to get contrarians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With interesting points, we'll be like, oh, hmm. But uh, Trollo, sorry, better bring the Gunbuster. And then yeah. David is saying which version of Voltron. New Gundam is specific, but there are multiple eras of Voltron with multiple different weapon types and abilities. Now, do you know about all the different uh, Voltrons? I never watched any of the newer uh, Voltron series, so I don't know about that. But... Uh, um, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, Luis De Leon, New Gunnam Amaro Ray, he cursed uh, just to use his fin funnel. Wait, he, uh, something about using his fin funnel, he could just destroy Voltron lion heads. Hmm, maybe. Maybe it depends on the tactics. Saka, uh, Saka to, I'm sorry. But the most powerful thing is the human spirit, something that the New Gunnam utilizes so like New Gunnam wins. Hmm. I guess, yeah. yeah, he got a whole bunch of people willing to risk their lives to push an asteroid. Hmm. Well, and so do you think it would be an advantage or a disadvantage to have five pilots versus one? That's very interesting. You know, yeah. you've got one guy that's in control of one, you know, yeah. giant robot, and then you've got five people in control of, you know. Different. I seem to recall there was some issues like coordinating things and like, if there was conflict between any of the two pilots, like it wouldn't quite work exactly the way they wanted. Hmm. Yeah. If anything, that would just make the fight a little more interesting, actually. So yeah. I guess yeah. Even if it's obvious for Voltron, I like the idea of what the tactics would entail. Um. Exactly. So that was cool. I liked covering this. Uh, you know, Voltron will probably be something I watch one day. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We're gonna have to do some more fantasy mecha mashups. And see what. Uh, yeah, what I think so. Think. I'm gonna have to come up with something for for the for the next one. Um, all right, and then real quick, um, to talk about the Gundam movie. Now, I probably won't talk about as much as we did on Steven's uh, podcast uh, yesterday. So, we want to go and listen to that. He, he brought up that I did this like um, YouTube short and talked about it. But just real quick, as an update, if you didn't watch the short, like the, the thing is, they're finalizing the script. And the idea is to appeal to as many fans as possible, but also they're not, they're trying to, it's it's like going to be UC light. I don't really know how, you know, a lot of times when the words are explained, one, it's translated, and then two, it's someone using their own words to describe something. But it seems like the idea is for it to 
probably be familiar to people that are into UC and I guess, you know, RX-78 too, but to like open it up. And my first thought, and this is the main point I wanted to talk about right now, is, is it a good idea to make a live-action Gundam movie a Gundam Breaker-style movie? Because I I can see the positives. It's only, I would be like, we're going to do the Gundam Breaker movie to get people into it, but for sure we're going to tell, you know, Gundam stories that are not real-world based, you know? Um yeah. Because like they, when I watched the battle log, it was pretty cool how, you know, um, you're then watching the fight happen in this VR, but it could look real, you know, um, when they CGI it in the movie or whatever. Um, that could also sell toys, <laughs> obviously. Well, and uh, did you watch Ready Player One or no? Yeah, I did. So I mean I I read the book and I I mean I loved the book and then when they announced the movie I was I knew that it was going to be terrible. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, especially when I was like oh man they're going to put the Gundam in it and it's going to be like a real cheesy moment. Um You know and, and of course they, oh go ahead. No, did you like when the Gundam showed up? I mean the obviously the CGI on it was was great like that yeah. that would be what I want to see in a live action Gundam movie um but of course just the moment was a, a cheesy moment in you know the, the, that that entire book and that entire movie is just kind of full of member berries and yeah it's you one know of those. <laughs> remember back to remember the Transformers remember yeah. remember Gundam how cool was Gundam in the 80s like what about the the DeLorean. Does anyone have DeLoreans now? Like, well, yeah, that was the thing. I never read the book, but when I watched the movie, it was more like, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. And in fact, I didn't know Gundam at the time. So I didn't really know what this robot was. And it never even stuck with me except for, you know, a memory that keeps coming back to me is when, after I bought my unicorn and built it, I remember when I went back to GameStop to find another one, I was like, I need to find one that has that, that white, uh, v on its head. What is that one? Like, so something was in the my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a mustache. Yeah. But so something had been, you know, put in my mind uh, the whole time. But I will say as much as I thought it was cool to see the because I went back and watched the ARC-78-2 in, in Ready Player One, I don't think I was as interested in, like, I guess what I call a CGI camera. It's when... They're they're not. It's the whole thing is CGI, so the camera moves so unrealistically. Yeah, that's the yeah, only that's... thing that I like when I watch these movies when they have to do a lot of CGI. Sometimes I wish they would kind of have a camera actually filming doing something and then do that within those movements because I think that makes it look not even it, it like another example is like the the Aquaman movie. Like mm -hmm. sometimes the act, it was kind of cool, but the action scenes sometimes were just like, I, I, I just dumped paint all over the floor and yeah, things get a little floaty. Like yeah. there's, there's nothing to really ground the visuals because, you know, it, it's a lot like video game cameras where it's like oh, yeah. if the camera can go anywhere, do anything, you know, you can go like a top down view that would never work, you know, that you do that and then it looks unrealistic because, you know. To yeah. your point, I think that if they were going to do a live-action Gundam movie, it's like, go ahead and run through a city carrying a camera on your back and, like, pan across buildings and stuff and then CGI the Gundam in afterwards. That way you've got something 
tangible. Yeah, just like I, I use all the time is the example Shin Godzilla, Gareth Edwards Godzilla, which yeah. it's interesting now that I'm thinking about it because Godzilla was kind of the original giant scaled thing that was filmed. And so it took, you know, 50 plus years of experience of people making these movies where then they have the idea, oh, let's make it look real. Let's make it look like it's mm-hmm. really there. I think that's what it takes sometimes uh, in the filmmaking zeitgeist, I guess, to like Gareth Edwards finally getting to that in the 2014 Godzilla, which he used those. Uh, and that's funny. He used that stuff in Rogue One, which was based off of Star Wars of having the older technology for basic camera movement, but revolutionizing the way things looked on screen. So they yeah. still had the constraints of the camera movement to really give it a grounded look. Um, that lended, yeah, to Rogue One. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so, so the reason I wanted to bring up the Gundam Breaker thing was because, like, I... I'm just setting myself up. If, if that's where they're going, because they said they want to pe- please a bunch of Gundam fans, um, right? I will Depends on who they're it. defining as Gundam fans, right? Yeah, like if they're targeting the West, does that mean Wing? That's why that's what came into my head: Wing, like Gundam yeah. Wing things, because people know that. Um, yeah. Um, and then Zionic American, the Gundam movie will probably be a retelling of 0079 with callbacks to the other timelines. A retell with callbacks. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to do it. Like, what if they have some designs? And I think we were talking about this yesterday on yours, where it's like they you brought up the Thunderbolt idea, where it's like how yeah. Thunderbolt is you see, but it's something different. And maybe exactly. they just don't want to be too specific, so then someone's like, oh, they said it's going to be Thunderbolt? Oh, and then... <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think they're just keeping it yeah. light right now. Well, and it's tough, you know, when you've got uh, so many rabid fans, you know, it's 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 difficult to please everybody, right? And so if you're going to try and do like a one-to-one adaptation, you're never going to find someone that you can cast to be Amuro or Sela and everyone's going to be happy with it, right? So you might as well make the story about, you know, John and and tabitha or something I don't yeah know. <laughs> no you're right and like that's the thing like that's why with like the x-men movie when they first came when it first came out there was like this half of it was the perfect casting half of it was nah like right i like the cyclops actor but yeah, i remember James as a Marshall kid was great michael Bean. i was like michael Bean needs to be cyclops that's like the perfect person to play <laughs> oh, cyclops yeah. it didn't happen i'm like who's this young guy right but he's, he's in sonic he's cool um, yeah, he's great. So that kind of also leads into this other thing. So there's Patreon questions I'm going to get to, but I'm only going to get to one this week. My plan is I will have the one post a month, and then people post their questions, and then I will use that to kind of help get a good topic for the show and go through the question. But no matter what, your question will be read So yeah. or comment or whatever. So. For this, I thought this was a good one because I think a lot of people think about this. Um, so this is from Brandon Keith. He's saying, what do you foresee for the future of Gundam? I think Witch for Mercury, like all that came before it, will run its course. It will last two seasons and probably get a movie finale. And I get that the point of the new concepts are all about selling new toy lines every few years. Every few years, Gundam reinvents itself so that Sunrise and its affiliates can sell new toys and merch. But what's next after Witch? Mm-hmm. 
I honestly think Sunrise is running out of ideas for new AU Gundam shows, and that's unfortunate because there are so many UC-based Gundam mangas and stories that haven't been tapped in that could uh, become full-on shows. Crosswind Gundam, Gundam Blue Destiny, there's so many other stories, old and new, that can be told in the UC timeline. Well, so that's actually something about that UC Next 100. They do plan on filling in things and i remember this is something i covered last year but i never really thought much about mm -hmm. it now that it's weird I'm, to talk about it like oh i covered this last year it was really only like a month ago yeah no, <laughs> no but it, it, that's kind of funny because it now i can reframe it better in my mind now that we know what's coming like all we know so far is like hathaway too you know the yeah. second hathaway but their intention here is uh unicorn and f91 as well as that era after victory so they so I think like Crossbone will probably get that. Uh I think. Mm -hmm. Um they finish Hathaway, we'll probably get into that. Maybe yeah, Victory. Maybe do some victory movie that takes place afterwards. That would be pretty cool. You know, another thing about Victory is they never had a dub. What if they decide to go back and, and dub it? Or even there make a, a a a movie that takes place after and they dub it. Because I mean, Uso is like thirteen. He's got plenty of years to have character progression. Um, so <laughs> you, you think that all the trauma he suffered in yeah. victory wasn't enough character yeah. development? <laughs> yeah, that, that, exactly. He's got more character developed, kid. <laughs> yeah, that's like the uh, yeah. If anything, yeah, they've got that. Yeah, that when it comes to Uso, yeah, what he went through. Yeah, they could explore that a lot more. Um, but in yeah. that time period of victory, because it was kind of a cool time. So. Yeah, Char's, so 93 Shars counterattack and then 153 victory. So I guess everything um, in between. And, and if you think yeah. about it, like, you know, now that I'm thinking about, you know, after getting the gunman and everything, we got Unicorn, Narrative, Hathaway. They are, they are kind of doing this stuff track. while dropping little things in too, like uh, Cuckoo's Doan's Island. I, so I mm -hmm. think we're always going to get those little drops of UC while... They're also expanding late, you see, which it, here's the other thing, too. They could pull from the video game stories, but if you think about it, the video mm -hmm. games have done a good job of filling in the timeline of yeah. the one-year war, really, but of that era. I mean, I, I think maybe there's some fun you can have with, I don't know, after Double Zeta? I mean, because there, I guess maybe Moon, is Moon kind of that after Double Zeta then, before... Yeah, uh, a little sure bit. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of time in between there. There's yeah, it's like I would say that there's a better yeah. yeah, there's a better um yeah, between double O eighty eighty three and double O eighty seven, there's a little bit more real estate there to work with if you're gonna expand on yeah. stories. And I mean, someone mentioned on my Discord server the other day, and I kind of agreed with this. We have a disproportionate amount of one year war content uh, compared to yeah. the rest of UC. Um yeah, exactly. They, for for as, as short of a period of time that the Federation had mobile suits, they only had mobile suits from like September to December. We have four different series, a couple of movies, countless video games, a bunch of mangas. You know, when, when you get from like the grips conflict all the way through Shars Counterattack, there's really not as much stuff there. I think you could probably fit all of that stuff into all of the one-year war content that's available out there. So, Yeah, even with Battlefield Record, that kind of then 
is like the next little thing. And then we got a 0083, which helped kind of start what would then lead into Zeta. But yeah, you're right. After 83, and I guess they do have advanced of Zeta. Yeah, um, that's about all we've got between yeah, but 83 and 87. And you would think with all of those weapons being designed that you, there would be conflicts purposely instigated around the Earth sphere for yeah. to continue that weapon development. And that would be a neat sort of thing. I, like, I, I feel like, like it's a almost like a story about some test pilots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, I, but what I'm thinking is really just mimic kind of the Cold War era almost because that post-World War II of like trying to get the, all the bombs, the fastest technology, get into space. What would be that next thing? It could be maybe, uh, you know, there's Marzion, which I don't know too much about, but maybe an attempt to colonize the Mar to colonize Mars that's failed and there's like a badass battle. Um, you know, although there's more, I think Marzion has more stuff later, but I yeah. think, I think there's some interesting things you can tell, you can yet yeah, tell story-wise that's post 83. Um, yeah. I think so. Or post and and I, honestly, I think that, I don't think that Sunrise is running out of AU content. I think that oh, yeah. as, yeah. as they continue on the UC next 100 and, you know, let out a couple of these little one year war projects that they're working on. There's always going to be a current AU that they're that they're pushing, and sometimes it's yeah. just going to be a build series, which you know everyone loves a good build series. But um, yeah, but and... yeah, I mean, but between the success of IBO and Witch for Mercury, they're going to yeah. keep doing them. Um, they might not continue those specific series, but they will create more series like that that just kind of offer something different. That's exactly what I was thinking, like, and I haven't even watched all of IBO, but, like, seen the popularity it has in general, and then Witch for Mercury, how popular it is even right now. It's actually doing Gundam a lot of good. I think there was a graph someone posted somewhere where, like, merchandise in general now has been rising for Gundam uh, across the world, so. so that's cool. I just can't wait to see what type of merchandise comes out of a live-action Gundam movie. Because, you know, we have, like, where... Yeah. I, I, like, I find it interesting how Ban or, uh, Hasbro, for instance, got the license to bring over, like, the Power Rangers, you know? And it's like, yeah. I doubt Bandai would do that because we're seeing SH Figure Arts now you can get in Target. So, mm -hmm. like... <laughs> it's I, wild. Yeah, I know. And it, it's funny because my son will see, like, the Dragon Ball SH Figure Arts, and he thinks those are, like, the coolest figures, but they're so expensive... And it's like, yeah, isn't it crazy they have these here? Um, and I think that that's what we'll see. We'll see Bandai won't be relying on, especially now what they did with, like, buying Bluefin, you know, the distributor for North America. Yep. And now they're just doing the distrib distribution themselves. So we'll probably see a lot of merchandise for the movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, they don't have to do a partnership with anybody because they keep it all in-house. And yep. it's, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's great. Um you know, maybe they'll start opening up to third parties the way that uh, that Transformers does, where you know you can make third party Transformers figures. You just can't, you know, call them Autobots and Decepticons, yeah. and you know, it's all yeah. unlicensed goods. Uh, yeah, that's funny. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and then you know, I, I saw a cool comment. Let me um go to that. It was uh. Uh, RER skill, I would like more from MS Igloo and Thunderbolt. So the MS Igloo thing caught my eye because MS Igloo is really a cool story of filling in 
characters and technology from the side of Xeon specifically, even though it does do some Federation. But that CGI didn't uh, hold up. It would be really cool if they did it again and really went in with like some badass CGI that you'd see like at the beginning of a a Blizzard or a Warhammer, you know, game where they have like the badass CGI sequences. Like, yeah, maybe do a side project that's like some CGI again, but just really high end. Um, that doesn't look like a PS2 game, you know. Um, that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the bar is low enough that I think. Um, I mean, honestly, there's some the, the PS3 games that you and I have been playing look a little bit better than Igloo. Yeah, at this point. I know. I know that's crazy. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? That'll do it for um, this episode, uh, episode seventy-seven of the Gundam Explained podcast. Um, again, if you, if for any supporters or anyone that wants to support, there's links in the description, both in like uh, Patreon and uh, YouTube. It's like the same thing, just different choices for that. But also, you submit questions or comments, and those things will be read and discussed that way. And then. Um, uh, also, yeah, there's the merch store, if that's cool. And then supporters also have links to their stuff, like Ian's, Yonic Shadow. But then also Steven's stuff, because if you don't join us on Wednesdays, you're missing out. That's like the pre-party. Yeah. Um, and then this is like the after-party of the work week, in a way, because it's it's like this yeah. middle work thing where we can kind of... Well, so this is the party, and then tomorrow we'll, we'll have an after party. We'll see one. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. Um, well. And I think next week you're going to mention some dates, right? Some upcoming dates for movie night and things oh, like that. That's right, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. That Actually, we I have to fill that in on the Discord, but we have, we have the date down for the movie night. I forget. I think I said the 14th or something. I'll put that in the mm-hmm. Discord. Um, we're watching... Uh, robot jocks yeah robot jocks That's right. yeah thanks um, goose yeah yeah that was goose's suggestion so yeah we'll watch that and then i think for the g watch podcast uh we're gonna talk about hathaway because we kind of watched it as a movie night recently so so that awesome. was cool so um yeah everyone uh good to see you all good to see you web fox see that you just joined but or just uh, chatted probably joined earlier but um <laughs> yeah i think that's it so everyone thanks for uh Tuning in, and uh, yeah, we will talk.